Do you want to introduce yourself and let people know a little bit about you? Uh, sure. Or about yourself. I, what's up, everybody? I'm Jack Keys. Uh, I don't know. What, what should I, should I, I I'm an actor, uh, yeah. comedian, podcaster, I, everything that everybody does in LA that you need to be, I'm probably it. Creator, uh, entertainer, creator. all around yeah. great guy, great oh, presence to so be much. around. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Chicago kid and, uh, you know, just loving life. Marathon runner or race runner? Uh, yeah, race runner. I did a Tough Mudder. I was going to do another one and run a half marathon, but then, you know, Rona came to town and <laughs> messed everything up. So, you know, yeah, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the crib like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I feel like obviously all of our lives went on pause for, you know, the past month. Um, what does that look like for you? Like what we don't have to dive too much into like what you had planned if it upsets you at all. But if you want to share with people, like what were your plans for 2020 and how has it shifted since everything started? Yeah. I mean, like recreationally, obviously, you know, I was gonna, I was trained, I trained really hard for this. I've, I was, I've never been a runner. I've yeah. always been athletic and I've always been, um, like I played baseball and basketball and stuff like that growing up and as an adult. But I've never been a runner. I hate running. Um, but then when I was training for Tough Mudder, which involves running, it's a nine-mile obstacle race. Um, yeah. You know, I started to get the bug for it. And then I was like, all right, let me do a half marathon. So I was training for that. That got zapped. I also injured myself on the day of what should have been the race. Uh, wow. Because of COVID, which was pretty disappointing. Um not doing Tough Mudder anymore, so that got zapped because of Rona. Uh, outside of just, like, plans, I didn't have any vacations planned, except I was going to, um, I was supposed to go see the Spongebob musical. In New York? Oh, 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 in L.A. Yeah, it was supposed to come here, and, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tight about not going to, not going to be able to see. <laughs> That's hilarious. What, yeah. are you a big Spongebob fan? I am a big SpongeBob fan. I'm I'm a big like first three seasons of SpongeBob. Fan. <laughs> That's a true are. fan. If you have specific seasons yeah, of a cartoon, the seasons are whack, whack a little bit because they became for kids. But those first three seasons were very good. I love um, I love SpongeBob. I will always watch like if there's a marathon or when I see it on TV. I always tune in. I always watch yeah, the memes. That's, that's I'm the all. Best. I love. I love that the show originally started out as it is catered toward an older audience and the characters. It's so obvious that these, in my opinion, very like three dimensional characters are based off of like almost like not the worst people, but like, you know, you've got SpongeBob who is just so lovable and also so annoying and incapable of like certain things or doing certain things right and then you've got Squidward who's like to, like maybe depressed maybe just very antisocial you know like there's just so much depth to the characters that you just don't really get with a kids show that I just yeah. I adore it. it it is a very it was it's such a beautifully written uh TV show in those first few seasons because you know they have a cursing episode which is so it's so smartly written too it's not just 
you know, it's not just, oh, this is funny. It, it is a very smartly written show. So <laughs> I am a fan. I, did, I have seen it, though, so I wasn't as tight because I did see it on Broadway. Oh, that's uh, amazing. 2018, I think. Yeah. Um, so that was, or 19, I can't remember. Um, so that was nice. I have seen it, but I was very looking forward to seeing that again. And then career-wise, I mean, you know, I'm an actor, uh, and I do podcasts and voiceover work. So the podcast and VO work has surprisingly stayed pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, but acting-wise, we ain't doing shit. I mean, right. And it was it was so weird because I this was this year was going really well. Um, I had, I got an entertainment lawyer. I got a new very good manager. Um, with, a, with a very good management company. I tested a couple times for shows, and I was uh, I was reading for I was reading at the table read for NBC for the new Phil Jackson Dan Gore Untitled Project. Yeah, uh, and he was just like, "I love you. I want to write you something in this show." Uh, so like it was like things were starting to fucking turn in a really cool direction. Um, yeah, and then it all just stopped. So I'm not too I'm not too upset about that though because I feel you know like that momentum stopped for it's a difference between like if something in my control made that momentum stop right but the momentum stopped for everybody so right when it comes back I feel like we're all just kind of in a way pick back up where we left off maybe not as much but I won't have to start I won't feel like it was all for nothing like, yeah it's it almost. It's almost like you've got like a really solid foundation and good momentum to pick up back from. Because I was just going to say, like, if you wanted to look at that positively, which I totally think you should, you're returning to a really, really good spot. Right, right. So, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed because, you, you know, I just, I, 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 I mean, you're, you're in the entertainment uh, field and, and you're a part of the world as well. So. Yeah. When things are going well, you want to keep that train going. So uh-huh. whenever the train stops, it feels disappointing. But, uh, you know, it'll be all good. I At this point, I'm more worried about family staying alive and not getting sick. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about your podcast because you have an awesome podcast that you know like i think you would describe it a lot better than i would do you want to tell us about it and how it got started yeah uh culture king summer silver right yes yeah so um (laughs) it's i yeah the the podcast is hosted it's a earwolf podcast it was originally on iheart radio's network that's cool um and then we switched over to earwolf which is um really fun better fit for us because we are two comedians uh, the easiest way I like to explain it is, it is like the view with two black men. Uh, Personally, black men like comedians. exciting. I love it. Yeah. So like we talk about whatever and, and the show, we'll go through phases where we we get really creative and high concept and then we'll go through phases where <laughs> we get really uninspired and just like talk, like com- like interview. And then like that happy medium is nice where... You know, we're we're in a good group and we're just talking. Um, we have different topics. We have very fun guests. And, you know, it's just like you're a fly on the wall um, mm-hmm. listening to the show. So 
It's been yeah. really dope. The podcast has been it's been dope. It started um, as a little indie podcast called Against the Grain with me. Oh, really? Uh, my current host, co-host of Culture Kings, Edgar Montplazier, and then also um, Carl Tart, who was mm-hmm. also a part of the original uh, when we first started Culture Kings as well, but he left pretty early on in mm-hmm. the process um, or in the show's run. And uh, yeah, it started because we just had a wild-ass text spread going. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was wild. Like, 90% of the shit that was being said in that text thread would get us all in trouble. Uh, <laughs> so, but but the, that 10% that I was like, this could be out in the world. Uh, I was like, y'all just, uh, my exact text was, y'all niggas want to do a podcast? And they was like, yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, we just started that. And I had been wanting to get in the podcast game. Um, I had been wanting to do a challenge podcast, like yeah. a TV challenge. Which is so funny because I just started one uh, this year, like two weeks ago. Uh, oh, so awesome. Full circle. Uh, but yeah, and the person I was doing that with just kind of, uh, it never came to fruition. And I still wanted to do a podcast, so I did it with them. It turned into Against the Grain. It got into the right ears. Um, How Stuff Works, which eventually became iHeartRadio, uh, wanted to pick us up. And cool. Yeah, rolling from there. That's super awesome. And this was your first podcast, like official. First ever one. Yeah. First ever one. Yeah. So it gets the grain and culture Kings are essentially the same show. Yeah. Uh, it's just when we signed with the real network, well, and I don't want to say a real network that's uh, like disrespectful to the network we were on. They were a real network as well. When we signed with a bigger network, mm-hmm. uh, we couldn't take the name with us. Uh, so we changed the name. Of the oh, show. cool. The show was pretty much the same. That's awesome. I did. Like, now that you bring it up, I'm recognizing, like, in my head, oh, okay, it was called something different, but I feel like it was just always called Culture Kings. Yeah, I mean, the show is going on, fuck. Uh, this It started January 2018, so it's been two and a half years since wow. Culture Kings. Whereas Against the Grain, we only had 20 episodes. We got picked up at episode 11. Like, they, they hit us yeah. up and was like, we want to sign you guys, which yeah. is... Super rare. People always ask, like, how did you do it? And I'm just like, I don't know, man. Just the right person heard the show. We had the right mix of people. I mean, obviously, we had somebody like Carl Tart, who's a very uh, popular person in yeah. the podcast world and in the comedy world. So that helps a lot, too. But Yeah, you know, it, it just uh, it goes to show that when you're just having a good time, and I think when you create something just out of curiosity and just being like, hey, let's try this thing. With no expectations. I don't know if you had expectations when you first started it. You're just doing it to have fun. And I feel like that people resonate with that and they can hear it when they're listening to the podcast. They can tell how much fun you guys are having. It's like a good flow. So, of course, you're basically like in alignment to get picked up, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. That's one thing, you know, because a lot of people now come to me for podcasting advice and you know tips and tricks to the trade <laughs> if it is a trade <laughs> um and the, the the two main things i tell people is uh don't do the show to be popular yeah. um and your idea is not original 
Um, and I tell that to everybody because it's not. There's some version of your show out there already. Yeah. Uh, so what's going to make people come back to the show is you. Yeah, uh, there's like 10,000 personal development podcasts yeah, out there. Okay. Mine is I'm not original. Saying, yeah, and that's not a negative thing I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm just saying don't be married. I, I tell people, like, don't be married to this idea is what's going to make this podcast pop because it's not yeah. like you as a host is what's going to make the podcast pop because people are tuning in to listen to you not your right i mean the idea yes but there's other people doing it so yeah. if they just wanted that idea they could find it in multiple places and they keep coming back for you yeah uh, precisely so what i tell people yeah and you can transfer that into like so many spaces because i know i'm in the health and wellness space as well and you know, there are a lot of business coaches online who are like, you know, there's, you know, exactly what we just talked about. There's hundreds of, or even thousands probably of health coaches online. People are going to resonate with the one that they feel the most connected to. And it's a lot of it is personality. It doesn't even have to be the teachings. Like a lot of us are kind of teaching the same things, just like many of us are podcasting about the same things it's really about you being your most authentic self or at least as close as you can possibly be to it and that's yeah. what people well that's what keeps people listening that's what keeps people listening and the ideas the idea the ideas that we have and the things we talk about are of value i'm not saying don't put any stock into that because as a creator mm-hmm. we create so you know uh but as a creator just even translated to television um, right. as somebody who writes the show there is some version of a show or, and there are boxes that you tick off that many shows have ticked off as well that you're going to write into your pilot right yeah uh, so that doesn't mean don't do it uh, yeah you put your own voice into it and things like that but there aren't many wheels to be reinvented yeah <laughs> so, right you know, like the wheel, the wheel is very much already invented. Uh, we're just putting them on new cars. So. Yeah, that's the same approach that I have to books. Like I've told people, like I've had conversations with friends and I'm, and the first thing I say is, oh, I have this awesome book idea that I want to share with you. It's like this idea I've been wanting to write for a long time. And then I'll say the premise of it. And I've had friends who are like, that's been done before. And my response is always, yeah, but I haven't written it. It's never been done yeah. by Beck Medina before. And I just exactly. confidently own that story because no one is going to tell this story the way that I tell it. So it's okay that this idea may have been written hundreds of times already by the time I get to it. I'm going to share my perspective of it because nobody has my life experience and the way that I tell a story. Yeah, like the Buddy Cop movie has been done before, <laughs> but... Nobody has seen Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg do the buddy cop. So, you know, right. it's just like, yeah, the, yeah, it's been done before, but nobody's seen these two do it. So, or nobody's seen this person do it. Or, you know, so that's that's 100% on point. It's been done, but you haven't seen me do it. So, shut your ass up and let me do my thing. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So, what made you want to be an entertainer, whether it's acting or... What what makes you want to pursue this whole entertainment space? Um, that's a good question. I 
I mean, I, I, you know, as corny as this is gonna sound, it's just something that's always been in me, and I just yeah. didn't know. You know, um, like when I was a kid, I, I would always be the one who would put on fake talent shows, or uh, like I, I tell people this all the time, and they they always find it funny. But the person who made me want to entertain is uh, Mark Summers, who was the host of Double Dare. Oh, uh, that's so funny. In the 80s and 90s, uh, just because I was so enthralled by what he was doing, and that's the person who led that show, that as like a five-year-old, I was like, I can do that. Uh, yeah. So I would like put my clothes hamper up as my podium and unroll the paper towel, which my mom hated, just to get the roll as a microphone. And I would fake host TV shows. That's so great. I would always be in talent shows and singing. And so I would always be doing things uh, that I now recognize as uh, I had a creative uh, spirit, you know? Yeah. And you know, I kind of fell out of it, you know, as, the, as you know, you get older and you just want to start playing sports or start doing this other step, play many, you know, just other things. And then when I was about six to 15, 16 years old, I fell into music. I fell into rap. Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and without getting too much into that, like one thing led to another, and it was just like there wasn't the necessary field for me. Yeah. Um, so sitting at home, or I remember my guidance counselor in high school, this was junior year of high school, asked, well, what do you want to do? It's time to start thinking about college. What do you want to do? And, like, at that point, I had always been a good student, but in high school, I was a very average student. Yeah. I just didn't care. Same for me, um, 100%. Yeah, it wasn't that I didn't have the smarts to do it. I just was so bored by school. Yeah. <laughs> I daydreamed a lot. Daydreams, yeah. thought about, you know, the next thing I wanted to make. Yeah, I just, I, school is such a boring thing. But <laughs> It's um, true. But without thinking, I was just like, I guess I want to like act and do like, and I never like acted before. Like I just said Mm -hmm. that out of the blue and been entertained. So he put me in a theater arts class. Cool. And sitting at home, I got arrested, which is a whole other story. uh, Oh, wow. And I was sitting at home. I was just like, I need to do something. I'm just sitting at home after school. So I auditioned for the school play, <laughs> and that was that. Uh, it hooked me. It hooked me. So that's amazing uh, for me. For me, I just think like I think uh, entertain. I think I think what we do is magic. Um, like we are constantly creating, right? Yeah. And the basis of life is creation. Like everybody is created. Contraception or through like being conceived and things like that. So like it's all it's all like what we do is at the most simplest form of what we are as people, which is create. Uh, that's all we do. So and I think is I think it's pure magic. Um, no matter what you believe in, whether you believe in God, a higher power, the Big Bang Theory, whatever you believe in, the the very simple truth to it is from nothing became something right and like that is exactly what we do as artists uh from nothing we create something 
and it's magic and I, I i just love it and also i'm a huge egomaniac and i like to have people tell me oh that was funny and that was great and that was good <laughs> so, i think like, you have to be at some level in you order do. you have to you have to you have to be a, a narcissist and an egomaniac <laughs> to do this um, yeah nothing you have to give it the worst impulses of that but like you have to <laughs> yeah there has to be that small part of you who kind of craves that validation because I remember after every improv show I did, when people would tell me like, oh man, that was so amazing. Even just the way that people laughed, if there were big, hard laughs, oh man, like that was one of the best, like most validating feelings that I ever got. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like nothing beats knowing that you just made a whole bunch of people react to something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And for me too, I feel like, what gives me purpose is helping like make the world a happier, more connected place. That's how I always describe, like if someone were to ask me like, what do I do for a living? I always say like, I connect people with their emotions. I help bring the world closer together through emotion. So for me, like I could do that in tons of different ways, whether it's acting or performing comedy or writing for you. Like, what do you feel like your life purpose is? is and how do you relate that to your work in the entertainment field oh that's a great question what do i feel like my life purpose is i i don't i'm sure if i really thought about it i would probably have a concrete answer but i don't know if i have an answer to what i feel like my life purpose is because i'm you can think about it, too. I mean, you don't have to have an answer yeah, in the yeah, podcast. Yeah. I guess, like, I guess, I, guess I, I, I just want, you know, I want to make, I want to make people who love me proud. Yeah. Um, and I want to do it. I want it for myself. You know, like I, I, my life purpose is just to live a good life and be happy with the things I've done and feel like nobody's going to get everything they want. Um, and some people are going to be more successful than others. But if I can look back and say, like, I wanted this and I got some version of it, I got some things more than others, but I'm okay with what I've done. Yeah. I think that's okay for me. And, and, and the funny thing is, like, I fluctuate between feeling okay and w- with that and not, you know, I think, like, most people in our field and most people just in general, um, I fluctuate between, like, you know, I'm 33 and I've been on a couple TV shows and yeah. some commercials and things like that, you know, so I, I, so there are some days where I'd be like, you know, shit, did this pass me by already? And, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, I would have never thought like, you know, so age becomes a part of it. And then there's other days where I'm like, yeah, I'm 33, but like the, uh, everything is ticking in the right direction. And then all it takes is one job and I'm there and yeah. I, I'm, and I can keep working and doing what I what I love. Um, outside of that, I feel like my life purpose not connected to my career because I think those two things sh- should be separated in some form. Mm-hmm. Is I just want to like like 
have a family of people that are good people and will be there for you. I want to create that legacy. Yeah. Uh, where I have a family and I have kids and, and things like that where, you know, we're just good ass people. Uh, that's <laughs> all that's all I care about. You just want to make some good humans. Add some yeah. better humans into the world. Add some good humans into the world. Make sure they're happy. Share some laughs. Um, share some love, get through the hard times, yeah. you know, just life. I don't know. My that, life purpose is to live life. <laughs> <laughs> that does go a part of creation though. It relates to the idea of like creating that family. Yeah. And yeah. nurturing it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it would be a fun thing to do. I think, I think like as much as I jet set, man, and I don't jet set really, but as much as I'm in a, field where jet setting is very much a part of uh, our career yeah um the prospect of having those slow moments with my family around me that loves me it is very nice and i'm not even that big of a family person <laughs> to me. like i don't like i'm not the per- i'm not the person in the family who's gonna call you every day and yeah. stuff like that but just like knowing that no matter what we'll be there for each other yeah yeah, and that's really the majority of, like, what family is about, just that unconditional love mm-hmm. and support. Agreed, agreed. So how are you spending your quarantine? What are some of the ways that you're keeping yourself busy, if any? Oh, shit. Uh, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> Uh, drinking some drinks. I'm, I'm getting back into cocktail making. So that's nice. And are you by yourself Watching. right now, too? Say what? Are you by yourself right now? Are you self-isolating? Not, no. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Me and my, me and my uh, fiancé are at the crib together. Oh, that's good. And, um, yeah. So that's, that's good for the most part. Um, at a certain point, I'm just like, huh, go. Like, we both need to go somewhere and <laughs> be around each other. <laughs> uh, but, and I mean that with all the love in the world. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to have lives where, you know, you go out of the house and then now we are just all here. Right, <laughs> like, I get it. Um, so, you know, that, but everything is good. I'm glad I have somebody to not go crazy and lonely uh, with. Uh, I'm still doing VO stuff. I'm watching a lot of TV. I'm playing video games again. Uh, One thing I do like about all of this, and I hope stays the same, is everybody... The one thing in LA that has always been very hard, for me at least... Is I, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm not a super, I'm a social person, but I don't go out a lot. Yeah. Um, and unlike Chicago, which is where I'm from, you know, you go out a lot because it's much easier to go out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is I don't go out a lot just because, you know, I live in Burbank, so I got to go over the mountain and, and you know, it's just and also like I don't want to go out as much but I don't go out as often as I would if I lived in Chicago right? 
I think, yeah, I think friends are better not in LA. Oh, I see. Uh, just because the nature of the city, uh, you know, we're so spread out and you always got to give me your car to go somewhere. And I think there are a lot of faker people here in Los Angeles. And I don't say that, like, I know everybody says that. And, and I'm not saying that, like, there's fake people, but I'm just saying, like, the nature of our business is everybody always wants something from you. It's thought that yeah. a lot of people have. Um, and then also, like we said earlier, what we do has a sense of narcissism and, and egotisticalness. Ego, yeah. That's not a word, but it sounds great uh, <laughs> to it. And we just all dumped ourselves into one city. So, yeah. <laughs> like, so it can be a little much sometimes. Uh, but the one thing I love about Rona right now that's happening with the team is... <laughs> Uh, more we are seeking out more meaningful connection right now because we can't have it. Yeah. Um, like people are talking to each other more and people more than just texting and people want to have meaningful conversations and, and see faces and things like that. And I think that's a really cool thing that I hope sticks around where when this is all over, we don't just go back to being know five sentence uh five sentences text messages to each other right and in a way that'll still happen but to know like hey you go out and connect with a little bit more people um and i know some people do that more than others uh and, and we all do it to a degree but i think rona has forced us to see the value in that connection yeah. And we're all stuck at home right now. Nobody for the most part is doing anything that we feel we need to get in on, if that makes sense. Right. It's becoming right. less right. about like, oh, who for those people out there who are more like, what can you give me? It's kind of taking that element away because no one can really give you anything right now except toilet paper, I guess, if they have enough of it. <laughs> To give away. Yeah. Hey, toilet paper is at a premium. If anybody gave me toilet paper, I'll be their friend for life. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? What are you doing? So to uh, what are you doing? Like during during the team? So like oh gosh, well I spent like the first several weeks not working at all. Like I did some writing here and there. I did a couple of podcasts, and obviously I have um, uh, fitness coaching clients that I did obviously continue to work with. But that was like all I did. And yeah. the rest of the time, I read a lot of books. I'm really into spirituality, and um, I read a lot of spiritual books, consumed so much spiritual content. I meditated for an accumulated two hours a day. So I was just constantly going back and meditating. Um, I was just like taking care of myself and relaxing and watching more shows and just letting myself not work so hard. Because I feel like before all of this started, I was in this place where I was constantly living for the future. And everything I did today, it had to amount to like what I wanted the future to be. So everything I did felt so important. And if I, like, there was just a lot of internal conflict within me about how I should be living my life, how I should be handling my days. And that this allowed me to just stop and really reflect on what 
mattered in my life. And for me, it was, you know, family connections, connecting more with my loved ones, just taking care of myself more and getting more on like a schedule of incorporating my hobbies and things that I love. Like I read more. I am, um, I'm learning Spanish. Like I'm becoming more fluent in Spanish. I've been taking vocal lessons uh, since January, but I've been committing to like daily vocal practice. So I'll do some YouTube videos before I meet with my instructor who I meet every Friday. So I've been getting better and I also have been playing guitar. So immersing myself in more taking care of myself hobbies was how I focused the beginning of everything. But the past couple of weeks I've been, I've been getting back to work and just kind of finding purpose in the present moment and just doing what I love without, you know, trying to be anything bigger or more than I am right now. Right. If that makes sense. Right. That makes perfect sense. And that's so dope. That's so dope. I love that you're playing. Had, did you play guitar already or? I, no? I've started playing when I was like 12 and I've been very on and off for many years. So I'll start playing, but when things get too complicated or I start to struggle for me, it's like, for a while, I, I really struggled not only memorizing chords, but then, you know, uh, switching up from like one chord to the next and like moving my fingers from, you know, one place to another, like little things like that. Basically what goes into playing a guitar, um, things like that would make me just give up and stop caring. And I just kind of like was like, oh, well, playing guitar is just it's not for me. It's not something I'm capable of doing. I made excuses like saying like, oh, like mentally, I just don't get it. My brain's not coordinated, coordinated, coordinated enough for it. Or I would say like, oh, my hands are too small. Like I can't reach. My fingers are just too small. So I would make excuses. But I started committing. I bought a guitar last year, last January, but I didn't progress or I didn't really practice that much until the beginning of this year. And I've gotten a lot better. Oh. All, yeah, all those limitations I put upon myself were very wrong. My my fingers are not too little for a guitar. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I don't think that's... I, I, I mean, there are kids who play guitar. Right. That are bigger <laughs> than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um are you putting any meaning behind everything that's going on? It doesn't have to be like political or anything, but do you have like maybe a mantra think, or something yeah, that you're, I, I think it's very, I think it's, I think it's a fun thought to think like, um, you know, this is the planet's way of kind of resetting because we just keep destroying it. I agree so with that. And it was like, let's slow this down. Uh, that's the fun thought to have. The sad part about that, which doesn't make that thought necessarily stick in my head, is so many people are dying. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yeah. So it's hard to like look at a positive for this without very quickly getting to the point where so many people are dying, so many people are still going to die. Um, yeah. And this is a very contagious and spreadable uh, disease. Um, you know not to get political or anything like that, but I, I hope that more people are going to see that, uh, that Trump's ass don't care. And hopefully this, 
will inspire more people to get out and vote and get him out of office. So you know what? I don't even think that's a political statement. That's just like a fact. That's okay. just like a fact of life. Yeah. The way I'm it's hoping, all being handled. You know, I'm hoping this. I'm hoping this kind of prompts that even more. But who knows? Uh, and, you know, I, I here's what I think. I obviously I I'm talking to my family a lot and making sure they're staying safe and I'm worried mm-hmm. about that you know you don't because obviously somebody can get sick and be fine but then yeah. you know I had a friend who I'm a, my best friend uh best friend of over 22 years who almost died three weeks ago no way he got COVID um and this is a healthy 33 year old and he called me on the other side like a about a, like a few days after he had gotten through supposedly the worst of it and he sounded like death no and that way. was when he had got through the worst of it uh, he should have died he he had a fever of 108 degrees which i'm not a medical profession uh, yeah professional, but a fever that high generally has uh long-term uh, lasting effects yeah most of the time fatal um so you know outside of that I'm just trying not to get caught up in the, this sucks, this this is bad, I'm so bored, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because I think we still got so much longer to go with this. Yeah. And if I'm saying this now, in a month from now, I'm going to be crawling up the walls. So I have to let my brain just say, it's all good, you're fine. Right. It's not that bad yet, because it can get worse, and it probably will get worse. Um so I'm trying to stay positive in that way. Yeah, and something that I'm learning learning a lot about myself, and maybe you can relate to this in some in some capacity, but I'm realizing that so many of us were so busy and we're consuming ourselves by working a lot or going out a lot and just not spending time with our own thoughts. And dealing with like, well, when we're bored and we literally have nothing to do, no place to go, like, how do we cope with that? How do we deal with living with ourselves? So I feel like this is a really good opportunity if we can see, if we can only look at like a few things that are beneficial as a result of being forced to stay at home, it could be at least learning how to just live with ourselves because we spend so much of our lives, at least many of us, especially, you know, Western culture, we spend so much of our lives trying to run away from what's really going on inside. And now we actually have to deal with it. So if you can get to a point where you're like, I'm good hanging out at home, like, I'm aware that everyone is on pause right now, life as we know it is at a standstill. And I can just be present and I can just be with myself and everything is good so like I feel like your perspective is actually really positive like in a in a long-term effects kind of way it's gonna hopefully carry with you when this is over yeah I mean I honestly you know I think that like all right (laughs) outside of the fear of what's going on and what can happen from a loss standpoint as far as a lot of people are struggling financially, it yeah. is it's a scary thing. A lot of people are sick. I mean, our frontline workers are, you know, nobody should see that much death. 
Yeah. Right. And they are seeing it on a consistent basis right now. So there are people who this is hitting them hard. Yeah, of course. Um, in, in multiple ways, in different and multiple ways, right? Um, but one thing that those of us who aren't on the front lines, I wish more people would take advantage of is life is such a grind. So like, try to take this opportunity to reset in a way that you've never, nobody has ever had the opportunity to uh, because we were forced to, right? Yeah. And I equated to this. I, you know, I mean, you know this. I think you know this. I used to work at uh, Rastafari. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a tour <laughs> I company. sure do. Those of you who don't know, it's a tour company and a charter bus company uh, in Los Angeles, and it's Rastafari colors, and it's owned by a white guy um, <laughs> <laughs> and an Indian, and 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 somebody. Uh, is that the not? That's probably not. Or uh, Southeast Asia. It's owned by somebody who's from Southeast a- Asia, and. Uh, and uh and white there's a little diversity dude is very white centered (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's very white centered uh so it's appropriate it was an appropriating company but yeah without all that i worked there for four plus years gave a lot of tours and then managed there when i left that job in 2017 and i was still acting as well so i was putting in like 30 to like 60 hour weeks depending on the week Plus my career, plus comedy, blah, 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 blah. When I left that job in November of 2017, it took me almost a year to feel like I was fully recovered from four years of driving 10 hours a day or logging 60 hour weeks or, and driving it. (laughs) Let me tell y'all driving 10 hours a day in Los Angeles is soul crushing. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I know it all is, about it. It is so crushing. And I did that for three years and then I managed the company for a year. So mm-hmm. then managing the tour company is also, you know, from a physical standpoint it was easier, but from a mental standpoint, it, the game is still tiring. Yeah. It took me a year almost to like recover from that and feel like I wasn't tired all the time and yeah. stuff like that, you know? And and I feel like we're only in America 30-something days into this, and people are already just like, I can't do this no more. But I'm just like, no, take this time and just reset if you can, if you're able to, because so many people aren't. And when this is all over, whenever it's over, like you will have such a more energized soul and spirit ready to like attack the world yeah, in course. a way that you've never had Uh so, you know, much easier said than done, but I, I wish more people were thinking in those terms. Yeah. Yeah. And Conan O'Brien just tweeted this. I don't know if you managed to like, if it stumbled upon like your feeds at all, but mm-hmm. he yet. just said like, he made a post saying like 30 days into discovering I'm completely useless during a quarantine or something like that. So, like, if you're one of those people who, like, technically we're not providing any, you know, other than what we can give of of ourselves, like, we're not really providing much benefit or making the world a better place 
uh, as as opposed to like obviously the people who are like literally risking their lives every day. Yeah. Um, if you know you're in that position, I can really relate to you when you said that it took you a year to recover from your job. I used to work like 60 hours a week. So I know what that's like multiple jobs, like multiple babysitting jobs, just hustling all over the place. And I could say that now I create my own schedule, like just like you probably do as well. And I try to fill up at least half my day or at least four hours of my day. I try to work, but it's still like, I'm still at a point where I'm just like, am I waste like, am I wasting good productivity time by relaxing? Like I still have these moments where I'm like, I don't feel like I deserve to relax this much, even though like I've created this life for myself, like I should be enjoying it. And I get why there are people who get restless, but yeah, it's just like you said, like just taking that time and allowing yourself to let it happen because how many opportunities do you get to not work if you're at home right now and that's all you can do right right and, and, and yeah that's true you don't get too many opportunities like this and and look i know this is a very blanketed thing that i'm saying because so many people have different situations i have a friend <laughs> who was in the middle of divorcing her husband uh as this all went down <laughs> and now they're just stuck in the house together. no <laughs> way you know wow like like you know she was looking for a new place to live and, and so and 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 outside you know and she's not in like an abusive uh, or that i know of not in like an abusive uh harmful place but then there are some people who are you know and who are so like there are so many situations yeah right that that this even quarantining isn't necessarily ideal i get that um I, I 100% get that. Nothing is black and white. There's so many shades of gray between everything. Yeah. Um, but one thing, too, that you said that I actually I have a different point of view on. Um, I, you know, this is another one of those black and white things. Um, I say this to not say that, obviously, the level of what we deem of important importance is the same between, like, a medical profession and, and an actor yeah uh, or somebody in the entertainment industry I, I i get how they are different they are different obviously um those people are on the front line and they are so much more important uh to the immediate threat of what's going on right now but i would argue that yeah, i mean like it's one reason. It's another reason why I love art so much. It's because think of how depressing this world would be without art. Yeah, and no, I don't mean that right. just as actors. I mean without books or magazines. Like a journalist is an artist. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't think of them as that way, but they sit down and they write words that come out of their brain to provide you information. And there's a structure to it. There's a structure to it. It's an artistic thing. Um, television, movies, radio, podcasting, all these different things that people are doing to escape just for a little bit or to get their information or to, or to have a second of laughter or a second of introspective 
uh, thoughts or just like something else is so vitally important um, just in general, yeah. especially right now that I, I, I tell everybody like don't shortchange what you do ever because it has value in it and 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 we're not competing for value <laughs> you know it's me true. having value as an entertainer doesn't take away from the value that a medical profession a professional has um I, I, you know it's a different type of value and i think we can see how important each one is uh based on the different modes of life that we live in the 24 hours of the day right so it's uh it's a it's a and right now especially you know sometimes i get annoyed with social media social media trends uh i think a lot of people are lame but like (laughs) i i backed off of that so hard during this because like whatever you gotta do to crack a smile on your face or to like get some type of center where you feel a little normalcy is so important uh, that we shouldn't be knocking any of it. Um, right. It's just not hurting anybody and blah, 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 you know. So, you know, if you uh, if you out there making TikTok videos, uh, shit, keep doing that shit. You're making somebody laugh. You're making somebody laugh for 14 seconds. And... <laughs> That that matters just as much, you know. That matters just as much as I'm. Mean, I know somebody's gonna be like, "Jackie, it don't matter just as much." <laughs> it matters too. It no, matters. it matters. It matters for sure. I yeah, agree with you. Yeah. Oh, did I lose you? No, I oh, know. I'm here. I had a oh, second where okay. I was like, "Wait, did he freeze?" But no, we're good. Um. So no. what if? Okay. Just to wrap things up, um, what are you like? What content are you currently consuming that's keeping you occupied right now? Uh, you know, I've, I I've been doing a lot. I've been watching a lot of different stuff. Um, I, you know, I've been watching some a lot of old classic movies. For whatever reason, in the past three days, uh, I have consumed two full seasons of The Rugrats while high. <laughs> Is that how uh, was that experience? It's been delightful, actually. <laughs> it's been very delightful uh, to watch The Rugrats and, and and be high and look at it from a high standpoint. <laughs> uh, it's very fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, um, what am I? Am I watching something new? I'm not really watching much new things. I feel like I am, but I don't know. Insecure is back, so I'm watching yeah. that, uh, which is nice. Love me some Issa Rae. And, yeah, I don't have anything. I don't have any particular um, content suggestions of something new that you can't be watching. Like, I watched Tiger King, that like yeah. everybody else did, and blah, blah, blah. You know what I did just recently watch that I enjoyed a lot? What? And I've, I've obviously seen these movies a lot, but it, it has been it's been a minute since I saw were the first uh, were were the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, really? Uh, those were fun watches. Those were very fun watches. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one is very good, and Volume two I didn't love as much, but watching them back to back yeah be a better appreciation. It's enjoyable. Uh, volume two, uh, yeah, it's very enjoyable. So yeah, I'm doing that and. Uh, you know, watching my normals. 
I watch me my General Hospital. Do you watch uh, General Hospital? I do. I my mom watches it every day. Oh shit! Tell her, tell her we need to talk about we need to talk about Nail and Sonny Corinthos and uh, <laughs> you know. I mean, I hear, I overhear it. Tell your mom this. Tell your mom this. Tell her your friend says. I hope Nell gets custody. She'll know exactly what that means. That's amazing. <laughs> I probably have heard, like, I, I definitely at some point during the day, whenever she watches it, if she's not watching it live, then she'll, you know, watch it at night. And, like, I'll hear scenes and I'll, like, walk past it. And she'll, I'll be like, oh, what happened here? And she'll, like, go on to explain things to me. So, like, I know. That's how I got hooked. I know enough. <laughs> but, yeah, there's still, like, okay. I don't know all the okay. characters. And so I'll, I'll relay that message. Yeah, that's how I got hooked. And I'll see what she has to Please say. Please do. Let me know what she says. Let me know what she says. <laughs> that's amazing. You know what? I give so much. I give props to soap operas simply because they're doing, like, five shows a week. There are no mm -hmm. season finales. Like, it's just continuous. And, yeah. you know, like, it'll have its ups and downs of, like, when things are great and, you know, when it's just like, oh, all right, the storyline's, like, a little whatever. But I used to watch Gen – uh, not General Hospital. I used to watch um, – I watched Days of Our Lives. Like, there was a period of time where I was, like, pretty into it. Um, me too. And I was just continuously impressed. Like, it made me think, like, oh, my God, these actors – all the lines that they have to learn, even though there are multiple characters. So now I'm seeing now, like, it's probably, you know, it's just, I'm very impressed by the whole process that goes into a show. The, the, grind, the grind of filming a soap opera is unlike anything <laughs> else in the, in the acting profession uh, or in television or film profession. It is a grind. They, like, you will come in as an actor and, and, and in one week record three weeks of your content that's crazy um, and and just keep doing that like and it's so it's so hard that's why it, i mean it's bad it's not they're not good uh but they're like you said there'll be some good storylines that get you wrapped there'll be some <laughs> other storylines that like man they don't they end this shit uh, but the acting is never like great because they have to just like they can't do retakes. They yeah. just have to get it and go, get it and go. Yeah, uh, and there is that cool. feeling too of it being very like one or two take kind of scenes. But like, there's like something amazing about that too, like enjoyable almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a tried and true and tested uh, model that has been around for sixty plus years. And General Hospital has been a show for almost 60 years. Like, it's insane. <laughs> so, like, they're doing something right. It's stories. Like, I'm not a reader. I don't read that much. Um, so, but it's the same concept. If you are a reader, it's the same concept. It's stories that you can keep up with. And it's something on. It's, it's, it gives me the opportunity to have a different reality that I could be invested in. Yeah. That's an amazing everyday basis. <laughs> That's an amazing way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. So yeah, that's what, that's what I've been watching. That's great. I love it. You got some suggestions for me. You got a suggestion for me. <sighs> I've been mostly watching, I've been watching 90 day fiance before the right. 90 days. So I started watching season one. I had no idea there were four seasons so I started watching season uh, one. 
I love it, but I was like, I really want to see the big Ed and Rosemary interactions. I don't know if you've seen those memes pop up or anything like that online or if you watched a show, but um, I really wanted to watch that. So I jumped right to season four. I edited a show for 420. What's that? Yeah, I do edit a show for 420 Day Fiance for iHeart. Uh, oh, no way. So I just started editing that show like three weeks ago. So I am learning about it but i don't watch it <laughs> but i am learning about it you know i watched four episodes in a row one day and i had to just pause because it put me in the worst mental and emotional state because it is pretty heavy yeah. like you just continuously watching people make terrible terrible decisions or you know like a lot of those people on the show are damaged from previous relationships. Their self-esteem is so low. They don't believe that they're worthy of love. They're full of insecurity and jealousy and all of these like things. And it's so apparent in the way that they behave. So it is hard to watch so much. I am now at a point where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch 30 minutes or so a day. So I'm going to limit my time. The new season is a lot easier to absorb because it's more playful versus like heavy, but yeah. yeah. It's love it. Yeah. All right. Or 20 day fiance and general hospital. Get on that y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jukis, thank you so much for being on the show today. You were such a joy. Thank you. Thank and you so much. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I forgot this. I'm current. I mean like this, I am a challenge head. MTV The Challenge, mm -hmm. and that is currently, that season just started, and I'm watching that, so, and I have a podcast about it now, uh, me and the homegirl, Ray Sani, so, uh, tune in. I can't believe, that is my, that's my favorite thing on television right now, is The Challenge, so, watch that too. <laughs> um, could you let people know how they can connect with you online, before we head out? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When you're ready. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You can find me everywhere on the social media at Jaquise Neal, J-A-C-Q-U-I-S-N-E-A-L. Uh, check out uh, check out Culture Kings on Earl Wolf um, and a new podcast that I'm doing called The Deliberation, which is an MTV The Challenge podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, because I am a challenge head. I can't believe I didn't suggest that. Go watch <laughs> MTV The Challenge. Uh, it is my favorite thing on television right now. That's so amazing. the only reality show I watch. The only reality show I watch. Have to check it uh, out. So, yeah, go check that out as well. The Deliberation and Culture Kings. And uh, just be good to people, guys. Be good to people. Be patient with people. Uh, everybody's going through a lot, so let's try not to add on to that. And I can take my own advice on that as well, but let's try not to add more to people's plates if we don't have to. All right, cool. Thank you so much again for joining. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the My Best Life podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Medina. I am a mindset and manifestation coach, so if you would like one-on-one -on -one coaching for your specific issues, you can sign up for a virtual session or my monthly coaching program at the link in the show notes. And if you love the show, please make sure to rate and subscribe. Your rating allows other people to know that this show is the bomb, and I appreciate any support that you provide the podcast.
Love you guys. Until next time, I'll see you soon.